sorry I'm getting choked up. It's okay. It's okay. Every time I think about it, because I can, whenever I talk about it, it puts me back there that I was just honest, you know, and I didn't feel that God was bumping me on the head and, and or feeling that, you know, he was disappointed with me or anything like that. I, I didn't feel that. Uh, from that point on, I can't explain it, but I felt like I wasn't in there by myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Today's recipe is one that I've made the first time a few days ago. When my husband walked in the house, he said, mmm, it smells like fall. The nutmeg and cinnamon in this baked apple recipe is perfect for the season. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Chat and Chew Show. My name is Betty. And I'm Roxanne. And it is so nice to have you with us today. Uh, the Chat and Chew Show, yay! The Chat and Chew Show was designed to empower you to do your relationships better. And if we are honest, we will say that, you know what, sometimes being in relationship with other folk <laughs> can be difficult. In fact, just today, no. <laughs> Uh oh, it's about to get personal. I know, about to get personal, about to break it down. I'm going to need this show today. <laughs> and it is difficult to navigate relationships. You know, you could have uh, someone you love dearly, and then you run up against a conflict. And then how do you manage that? You know, I, I'm a runner, honestly. Like, I don't like conflict. So when it comes to, you know, having to navigate through relationships, sometimes I'll just say, well, you know, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> But you can't. Wait, I was that. thinking like when you said runner, I was thinking, oh, do you run like in the room or just don't talk? Oh no, no. And you're this like, is the relationship is over. <laughs> no, well, I have done that. No, I haven't. I don't. I'm not the run in the room type, but I am okay. shut down. I just will stop okay. talking altogether. Okay, altogether, and then I just yeah. So <laughs> this. That's why we do a chat too, <laughs> to give you and me <laughs> tips and tools on how to navigate the relationships because you don't want to throw away relationships that are valuable to you. So we need to figure this out so that both of you, whoever your relationship with are experiencing or both of you win, win. Um, and so today's going to be a special show because we have a special guest. <laughs> We do. We do. A special guest on the show today. So hang with us. It's gonna be a great show. Many of us started the year with high hopes until crisis set in and took the world by storm. 2020 demanded that we all learn to cope with change and losing our sense of control. According to the New York Times, over 8.3 million people in the United States have been infected with the coronavirus, and that number continues to climb. What you may not have known is that Chat and Chew's own Betty Jones contracted COVID-19 during what we all thought was the height of the pandemic in April of this year. She has been dealing with complications exacerbated by the virus ever since. While the Chat and Chew show took a much needed break, Betty would undergo a series of tests and procedures that would change her relationship with God and the way she chose to view pain and hardship. Get ready to go deep, Chat Tribe, as Betty shares words of wisdom from her own Great Awakening. Welcome, Betty. Thank 
welcome back. As Betty mentioned, we actually have a very special guest with us today, and we're so excited that she was able and available to join us. Oh my gosh, you guys. Can you please welcome Betty to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Betty, how are you? No, I'm hanging in there, Roxanne. I, you know, COVID is still going on, and we are here. You know, I actually like these formats, though. I like, I miss us being in the same room together, but I like that we can just, let's do a show, you know, and uh, just pop on. I love that. Don't have to get in the cars and go anywhere. <laughs> That's true. You can do a show anytime. Like, anytime. you think of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah, um, it's been good. Well, I'm so glad you were available to join us. I'm very excited. <laughs> We've been really trying hard to get you here. And I know, I know. I'm glad you agreed. <laughs> so, so guys, so um, you know, we were on a break, as we mentioned, and um, and during that break, uh, Betty was actually dealing with a lot herself. So she actually contracted COVID nineteen. Um, and do you want to tell us like what happened, Betty? Like, yeah, how'd you, you catch know, it? Anything? So, like everybody else, at the end of the year, you know. Um, in 2019 we were like 20 2020 oh my god it's gonna be the best it's gonna be the best and i was with them uh, i had worked for a company for 17 years um and i had been looking for a new position with a different company altogether, and ended up in about march applying for a company is so that's a whole nother story but that was a miracle that i even got the job right and uh, i go there and it's a position where i'm doing creative stuff with senior citizens so it's a really fun job right just fun and i'm there for like five weeks this is at the top of covid there for five weeks or so and i contract covid on the job and uh so my co-worker also had it our manager didn't get it my co-worker's in her 20s so at you know the day 14 you have to stay out she's better she said i had a little cough and a scratch <laughs> A little I'm like, <laughs> I can't even get up, right? She's like, yeah, this is a scratch, right? And uh, week two, I'm not better. So I call my manager and I say, I'm still not better. And she's so nice. She's like, don't worry, get better. So week three, I'm still not better. And I'm like, okay, I'm still feeling really tired and all the classic COVID symptoms. But one uh, morning after about three weeks, I woke up. It was a Saturday morning. I will never forget the whole half of my body was swollen. Like literally, I couldn't fit my pants swollen. This was like an overnight thing. And mm -hmm. my feet were swollen and everything. And, I'm, and I was, my stomach was hurting. And I was in a lot of pain. And I said, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to go to the emergency room. So I go to the emergency room. And whenever I'm uh, any kind of sickness, I always think I'm just gonna go there and give me a pill and I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> so I go there with this mindset. So I just grab my purse slid my feet in whatever shoes I could fit. My husband said, should you take your charger? And I'm like, nah, because in my mind, I'm like, things gonna give me something and I've come home, right? And I go there just with my phone, no charger and my purse, that's it. Nothing else, right? Oh wait, so you have this swelling going on and you're not, you're still not very worried. You're kind of like, they're just gonna give me something, I'm fine. Yeah. But you're not thinking like anything major is wrong. No, not at all. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm thinking. I've been sitting too long or something like that. That's what's in my head. I'm not thinking like, 
there's something serious happening here. Okay. Uh, so that's why I didn't grab anything. I just grabbed my phone and purse and ready to go with my insurance card in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I get there <clears throat> and because of COVID, they won't let my husband stay. So we're all masked up. This is again, remember the early stages when people don't really know what's going on. We know yeah. it's COVID, but we don't know. So I go there and I'm sick, I'm throwing up and everything. Mm -hmm. And they admit me and I'm like, okay, to do the test, you know, just a couple days or whatever, do the test. And uh, no, you gotta stay because we, they see that something is going on with my kidney. Mm. Well, I knew I had some small kidney issues, but COVID sent it over the edge. That's why half of my body swelled up because my body now is retaining all the fluid that usually you would use the bathroom in and re release it. Mm. So I'm in the hospital, my husband can't come there. My phone is running dead. And I, I ended up staying in the hospital for 12 days. Mm. While in the hospital with no phone and HGTV and Food Network. <laughs> Man, I, we don't have time to talk about all the things that happened while I was in the hospital. But here's some funny, funny things that happened. So I'm still super sick. I'm throwing up. I'm throwing up. Uh, my body is still swollen. They, they don't know quite what's wrong with me. They can see something's on my kidney. And um, they're running all the tests and all of that. And I remember uh, one of the times I'm in the hospital and like, I'm just throwing up, my stomach is hurting and I go into the bathroom <clears throat> to throw up. And you know, in the bathroom, they have a, if you need help, pull a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Pull the string. So I'm in there and I'm like, I accidentally bumped the string. <laughs> And the lady's like, yes, can we help you? Are you okay? And I'm like, for a split second, I was ready to say, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, you are not okay, fool. <laughs> you are in pain and throwing up. What is your problem? Oh. Just, so because I don't have a phone or anything like that, I have time to think about what I'm doing. So I'm like, why would you do that? And I found out about myself, and I, I need to work on this, but... I don't, I'm not good at asking for help. Mm. I'm in a situation where I'm like in pain and they can give me something. That's the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that was one of the things I had to laugh at myself about that. Another thing is they would come into my room in total hazmat. I'm in isolation. Man. I, you know, was positive for COVID. Isolation. <laughs> they're in total hazmat. And they're like, can we help you, Mrs. Jones? It was like a big deal for them to come into our room. So for 12 how days. Feel? How, how does that make you feel, though, the fact that, like, people have to put on these whole suits to come and even, like, help you? Um, I think at the beginning, I didn't notice as much because I was in a lot of pain and just mm -hmm. kind of like, what is going on? But, you know, after like about day three, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Even like the dietitians are coming in, you know, like, and you're, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, so I ended up being in the hospital for 12 days. While I was in there, I had a kidney biopsy. I don't know if you know what a biopsy is, where they stick something in your body, take a piece of whatever they want to mm -hmm. check out. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. And uh, so they had to have a kidney biopsy. And then um, they found out because my body, the swelling wasn't being reduced, that I had to be on dialysis. Now, I don't know if you, our, our audience is familiar with dialysis, but it's, um, 
it's a treatment that you have to be connected to a machine that that um, clears your blood and pulls extra excess water off of your body. And it's a three and a half process, three and a half hour process. So mm -hmm. that was a shocker. So I'm in there and this is, this can be for the rest of your life kind of thing, right? So I'm in the hospital, I'm sick, can't see my husband. I mean, I'm talking to him on the, you know, the, the hospital phone and all that. And uh, talking to Roxanne a whole lot <laughs> on the hospital <laughs> phone. Thank you for being there for me. Don't let me start crying. <laughs> and uh, so to be connected to the, to the uh, dialysis machine, they have to insert um, a catheter in your chest. Mm. So you go in for surgery. I'm still in the hospital. So you go in, it's a surgery. And uh, that's another thing that was funny. I don't know why I kept seeing these little funny moments. So I'm, I'm rolled down to the surgeon's room and you're half awake and half asleep. And uh, I get in there and the guy reminds me of Dr. Strange. He's playing music <laughs> and everything. <laughs> you know, like Dr. Strange. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then they insert this thing in my chest and then they haul this gigantic machine up and then they hook you to this machine. Like, you know. Like, oh, this, oh, this is like day what? Okay, so you're, so total you were in there how many days? 12 days. So 12 days without contact with your family. Well, just phone. Yeah. But not physical contact. Yeah. And then, so when did these. This so happened probably like around day five or six. Okay. Yeah. So they come in with all these, all these, you know, doctors. So you see a urologist, you see a, you know, OBGYN, you see a, you know, they go through all these people. Yeah. It comes in with all their reports. So you just kind of like, huh, huh, go where, go where, you know, you just like, they're yeah. going to. Okay, now we're going to take you down to radiology. Now we're going to take you to, you know, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a lot to happen within a sh that short period of time. And then, if to, you know, if they're explaining everything to you, it's not like you're a doctor. So you have to learn this stuff and deal with the procedure as well. So I can imagine it's just a lot. And you yeah. have that whiplash just like. It, it was. And another weird thing, everybody had on full hazmat. So if anybody came in, Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are. Like, oh, wow. you know, I mean, I know you're male or female. I know you're yeah. black or white or brown, but I'm like, you know, so, and then it's like a whole bunch of different doctors, you know, so they have to come oh, in and say, goodness. I'm the kidney doctor or I'm the urologist or I'm the, that kind of thing. So literally it's like, huh, huh, that kind of thing. Right. So how yeah. does it feel though? Okay. So how does it feel though dealing with all of this and then not even really having the human connection because normally you have like some sort of nurse or something and just another human like face to face would be i mean you know it's not the comfort of your family but at least still if you have a nice person there and yeah. a little how does it feel like dealing with all of this and these people being guarded in in such a way i mean of course for everyone's safety but just that human interaction mi missing yeah. I felt like I needed someone in the room to hear what I was hearing. Mm. That's another thing too, with this whole healthcare, how I'm going through this now, it's like, you need someone else to hear it too. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you've ever sat on the other side of a doctor's desk, if I picture it like that, and he's giving you news, you're like, what? It's like, you can't hear it. I don't know how to describe that. Like Mrs. Jones or whatever, Mrs. Williams, you have cancer. And you're like, 
huh? you talking to me? And you're in the, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you can't take the information in. So that's how I felt like, I can't take the information in. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna resist. I'm not gonna fight you guys, most times. <laughs> uh -huh. But I'm just gonna go where you tell me to go. So that was in my head. It's like, okay, now it's time to go to wherever. I just go there. So that's how I was feeling. Like I can't really hear y'all, but I'll just, okay. does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you, was there like initial, like a little bit of shock or anything that came with just the news where you feel like that's what caused that? Or is it just? So the news wasn't shocking and I don't know why the news wasn't shocking. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that y'all not letting me go home. Oh. That was what was. Wait a minute, because in my mind, I'm like, you're going to give me something, I'm going to go home. Yeah, because you had it mapped out already. Yeah, yeah, I already had cold plan. Give me a pill. Uh -huh. I'm going to get all this water off of me. Uh -huh. Give me a water pill. Uh -huh. <laughs> and COVID's going to go away. Right. <laughs> it's going to disappear. <laughs> like I said, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that was shocking. It's like, okay, I'm not going home. What, what do you mean I'm not going, right? So... Hmm. That was the weirdest part. Uh, a couple other funny things that happened when I was in there. I had to beg the nurses to charge my phone. So they would come in <laughs> with like tongs in a plastic bag, drop it here. <laughs> I don't know what, they would be gone for like a day with my phone, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So then I, like the night nurse come and I'd be like, um, uh, someone took, my, I don't know who took my phone, right? Someone took my phone and they're like looking at the list who was here this morning and all that. And you get my phone, you know, they had to keep the door closed. That was another thing, you know. <laughs> if they forgot something when they came in the room, they'd be like peeping through. It was just, yeah. So, but, you went HGTV, what were you doing? What were you thinking while you were there for 12 days? <clears throat> the first days, the first couple of days, you know, you go through the and I, I'm a Christ follower, so of course I'm in there. I'm going to pray. I like to listen to uh, podcasts and sermons and all that on my phone, but I couldn't use my battery up like that. So it was really just me. So I, I remember one day in particular, I just started praying and I was like, oh God, the typical stuff that we do. Oh God, we love, I love you, you know, going through all that. And then I, I, I don't know, this thought popped in my head what would you say if Jesus was here for real? Like if he was, it was an empty bed next to me, what would you say to him? And I would be, first thing I said was like, oh God, I'm so unworthy to be in your presence, you know, all that stuff. Hmm. And this thought, another thought came in my head about just be honest. And I'm hoping I don't start crying because whenever I talk about this, and I just started pouring out my heart, like for real, in honesty, hmm. uh, about what I was feeling. And I don't know if I could, identify it properly now but uh it's certain areas of my life and and i'm not <laughs> to say that you know i'm a christ follower but i have sinned <laughs> you know sounds but i'm like areas of pride and and just how i've managed my life and and all that and i'm sorry i'm getting choked up it's okay, it's okay. every time i think because i can whenever i talk about it it puts me back there that i was just honest you know, and I didn't feel that God was bumping me on the head and, and or feeling that, you know, he was disappointed with me or anything like that. I, I didn't feel that. Uh, from that point on, I can't explain it, but I felt 
Like I wasn't in there by myself. Does that make sense? Yes. I didn't, I didn't, from then on, I felt like, um, not that I'm going to be okay because I come from a background that says you pray and you believe God, you have faith as a mustard seed and he going to grow, you know, mm -hmm. that's the background I come from, but I, I wasn't feeling that. <clears throat> I, I had another time when I was in there and this is when I would turn the TV off and just be sitting there in silence. Another time I had, um, where I just had this picture come in my head of me being in a pit. And uh, again, my Christian tradition would say, trust God and he gonna snatch you up out that pit. He gonna throw a rope down and he gonna bring you out and all that. But I, I just really sensed that, <clears throat> that the Lord was gonna be with me in the pit. And I just really felt like I'm gonna have to climb. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So <clears throat> that's where I feel like, you know, for those 12 days, that had to be clear in my head that I'm not alone. I'm going to have to climb. <clears throat> and climb means to me, I'm going to have to go to dialysis three times a week, three mm -hmm. and a half hours. Y'all, 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> that's climbing. Climbing is take your medicine, what they tell you to do go to your doctor's appointments you know and not again because i come from a tradition is that god's gonna heal you and i believe that you know he can um but so that's kind of my story that was kind of long but uh, uh it's a good story though and i have questions we're going to take a break and when we come back i have a couple questions for you because this is a good story okay <laughs> Now, a delicious word. Let's Hey, it's Carla, aka Homecook K, and I'm excited to be in my humble kitchen with a new addition, a new stove. The last one wasn't as reliable, like it didn't turn on, so I'm grateful for this new one. So, today's recipe is one that I've made the first time a few days ago. When my husband walked in the house, he said, Mmm, it smells like fall. The nutmeg and cinnamon in this baked apple recipe is perfect for the season. And apples are in season now. And if you're lucky, you live in a location where you can visit an orchard and pick your own or grab some at the farmer's market. Fresh apples always have better flavor. To start this recipe, I preheat my oven to 350 degrees and set out six apples. I use a variety of apples to create a robust flavor. You wanna make sure you have a mix of tart apples as well as sweet ones. I peel and core the apples and then thinly slice them into even pieces so they bake consistently. Next, I add the apple slices to a 9 by 13 inch baking dish and add 2 tablespoons of lemon juice, 1 tablespoon of coconut oil, 2 thirds cup of cane sugar, 1 and a half teaspoons of cinnamon, 3 quarter teaspoons of grated ginger, a pinch of nutmeg, 3 tablespoons of cornstarch, 3 tablespoons of water, and a pinch of sea salt. I then cover it loosely with foil and bake it in the oven for 45 minutes. After 45 minutes, I remove the foil and bake it for additional 10 to 15 minutes uncovered. And you're done. Now you have a delicious dish that can be topped with whipped cream or added to vanilla bean ice cream. We decided that this recipe tastes just like the inside of a delicious apple pie. So if you're watching your carbs or gluten-free, it's the perfect dish for you. I hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome back. Wasn't that delicious? Yes. 
Shout out to Hope Cook K for those good recipes. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. Um, but so Betty, you were talking about your relationship with God and how uh, being in the room, you know, alone during that time for 12 days, uh, it really made you go to a place where you just got honest with him. You got rid of the tradition, um, the stuff you would normally say, and just got honest about how you feel. And and I love how you say it, that God, you you felt like you, that God was going to be there with you in the pit instead of just being rescued out of the pit and, you know, having a helicopter come and pick you up. <laughs> He's now, gonna, let, let me be clear. I want the helicopter. <laughs> Come pick me up. I want that. That's what, what I want. the helicopter. That's right. <laughs> Throw a life raft. Yes. Like, don't we all? We want it yeah. right now. <laughs> right. But so, so when that happened, do you feel like your relationship with God changed um, from that point on? Like, even today, do you feel like it's different? I think some aspects of it are different. Um, I can't explain this, Roxanne. And you've heard people say this, like, you um, you can't have a testimony without a test, yes. you know, and all that stuff, right? It's some truth to that. It's some truth to getting in some really dark places that there is no A, there is no B plan. There is no C, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some places that God, if you don't, it won't. God, if you don't fix this, it, like, seriously, it won't get fixed. I can't call nobody there's some, when you get that low <clears throat> and you don't go crazy, <laughs> you don't smoke and crack, <laughs> there's some growth that happens that I can't put words to it. I, I can't put words to it. Nobody wants to go through hard times. Well, hard times, they shape you in a way that having wins can't. I can't, ex- I don't know if that, does that make sense? It makes total sense. I, it, cause, um, I felt the same way. Like, uh, of course it wasn't my health, but when I lost my job and divorce and everything, just everything I thought was supposed to happen or how it was supposed to be when I lost all of that. And it was just me starting over mm-hmm. like that was the hardest thing to go through. Mm-hmm. But to this day, I feel like it was the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like you really find out what you're made of. Yeah, yeah. And then you also realize that you can start from anywhere. Like as long as you're still breathing, you can yeah. you can restart. You can, you know, still make something happen. You can still go back up. So yeah, um, yeah. I I wish that our listeners could. I know I don't wish you go through anything tough, but I wish uh, the people who are listening to this, if you could allow yourself. To, to be in a dark place, not forever, enough to learn some lessons. It'll shape, it'll shape who you can become. Because um, mm-hmm. we we spend our whole life dodging, you yeah. know, tough, <laughs> difficult, hard, you know. And me, I will run. I quit. I quit. Never mind. I don't want to do it now. You know. But if we could, uh, man, I, I learned so many things about you know myself and 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 for me again just about who god is i've been a christ dweller for a long time (laughs) and um just lessons i learned uh uh, during this time has just been so invaluable yeah are you do you find yourself more aware of the things you say out of a tradition now 
um, in prayer, because you mentioned that, you know, you were saying some things out of tradition and just, out of, you know, you've repeated it over so many years. Are you yeah. just more aware of that now? Um, I don't know if I'm, um, let me see, probably, yeah. Um, I, I think it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's taking me some time to kind of flip the script in my head too. Uh -huh. I still struggle with, you know, won't he do it? Said he would, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make God do stuff, you know, I'm going to beat him across the head. Right. I struggle with that. <laughs> and then I struggle with not my will, but your will be done. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm in those two worlds right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, my husband really helped me. He was like, um, you know, um, I know that God can, but maybe add another word. I know that, um, and wait on when he can, as opposed to he's not going to do anything for me. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, um, I would say, um, I know that God can, but will he? Mm -hmm. My husband would say, my husband just said to me, won't you say, instead of saying, will he, when he will, which mm -hmm. still makes you still have to go through your stuff but knowing that God still can heal, that he still can work things out and he's still a miracle worker and all of that, you know? Uh, but, you know, sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it doesn't happen and be okay with that. So I think I'm in those two worlds now when I pray, like, you know, I still want to be like, God, I know you. <laughs> I know what your word says. I'm the head, not the tail. That's what I do, but still, you know. <laughs> So, so for our um, listeners and stuff, tell us about, um, so you had to kind of get rid of expectations, right? Because, I mean, from the, from the jump, you thought you were going in and you were going to get your water pill <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to be let out. And this is the complete opposite of what you were expecting. And mm -hmm. then um, I know you and I talked and you want to tell them about the snapback, why you were even. Oh my God, yes. When I was in the hospital, you know, I told, this is going to sound terrible for my friends who are listening out here. I told my husband, there's only a few people I want to give them the hospital number. <laughs> and um, whenever people would call me, this is another thing that I was so aware of. And uh, I remember one person called in particular and they were like, oh, you're so strong. You're, you're, and the way they were talking to me, it made feel like I had to try to snap back to what their expectation was of me. You're a strong woman. You're, you're doing this. You're handling it. And I'm thinking like, I'm laying up in the hospital and I'm not handling this. I'm not strong. And I felt like, you know, people were like, you good? You good? You good? I'm like, no, I'm not good. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, question. I know. Yeah. It, it felt so, and, and I know people didn't mean anything by that. I know. I know. Yeah. But it, I mean, uh, it, it is like, you know, slang, you good, like, yeah, basically meaning how are you? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, literally, no. <laughs> yeah, literally, no. And I don't think people wanted to hear, because I don't know if, if people would know what to do with information. It's like, no, I'm not good. My stomach is hurting and my, my body is still swollen and I can't eat. And it's like, see, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. So it'd be like, you good? Yeah, I'm okay, is what I would say. But I felt some kind of way. I felt like, y'all won't let me. <laughs> this sounds funny that I said out loud. Y'all won't let me be down. 
Y'all won't let me have a moment. Not y'all bringing me down. Y'all won't let me be down. That's right, right. No, it's it's a real concern though, because I was talking to another friend that was going through a hard time. And he was saying the same thing. It's like, do you really want to know how I'm doing? Yeah. Like, because I'm not doing well. Yeah. And, and people ask that because we're supposed to. Yeah. But not everybody's ready to hear the answer. Yeah. But while I was in there, I don't know, it made me feel like some kind of way. It's like, stop saying I'm strong, which is ridiculous to say that out loud. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not strong. Even now, my husband's like, I know you don't like anybody say you're strong. <laughs> Stop complimenting me. <laughs> Stop saying I'm strong. <laughs> I think it's because I felt like I didn't have what it takes to to be what people wanted me to be good. I didn't have that. Yeah. That I wasn't feeling that. So I, I couldn't I couldn't rise to the occasion. So Roxy and I was talking about the whole idea of snapping back. You know, you go down, boom, you get back, snap back up. <laughs> Sometimes falls are like boom, and you're down there for a while. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't know that I don't know if that was a a good way to feel, but that's how I was feeling when I was there. Well, yeah, I think because you have to take some time to go through what you're going through, and you can't you can't go through what you're going through and live up to everyone else's expectation. Yeah. Can you tell our viewers just how can they deal with um, situations like this where it's completely out of their control? Yeah. Well, well like Roxanne said, I'm still going through it. This has been since this about April and this is October in 2020. <laughs> and uh, so it's been months that I've been going through this and uh, it's impacted us financially, like in, in every way it has impacted us. And um, I would say one of the first things, I'm not all the way here, if I'm gonna be honest, I would say is don't fight against what is. Mm. Um, because we could spend this internal energy fighting against, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here. So I go to dialysis three times a week and I have to be connected for three and a half hours and a whole bunch of funny stuff be happening there too, but <laughs> can't, you are in a chair, they give you a recliner with a little heater in it <laughs> and you can't move. You're there for three and a half hours, right? So, of course, you have headphones and they got a little TV for you and all that, but you can't move. You can't get them walk around. Nobody talks to each other because the machines are going. Having to do that for three, to three times a week for three and a half hours is a whole lot. So what I try to do when I get there, this is what is keeping my life alive. It's changed the way I think about it, one. And um, don't fight against it. So I... My, I love old school commissioned and the whinings. So I will be listening to all these old songs on my headphones. Any song I want to listen to, I can listen to it. Uh, I'll listen to books. I'll do all of that and just settle in. This is what has to happen. So if you're going through a tough time right now, um, I would say don't fight against it. But I would also say, um, of course, everything is figure outable. Like you can, there is a solution for your situation. So still work toward, you know, getting healed, finding a job, work toward uh, getting a person together or whatever your deal might be. Work towards that, but don't fight it all the way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you can have this internal thing. The only way I can describe it is like, 
I don't want this to be, I don't want this to be, I don't want this, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go. And so it becomes very miserable for you while you're in the process, but you're going to have to go through the process anyway. You're going to go through it um, with peace. Are you going to go through it with in turmoil? So yeah. you have a choice in the matter. Mm, that's good. So don't fight it. I think God can give you a grace to go through it. But again, because we spend so much energy dodging pain and, and frustration and conflict, we spend energy dodging it that we don't get to learn, you know, the lessons. I love Iyala, like, you got to do the work. And I think when you do the work, you do the work in those dark places. So mm -hmm. then when you come out, you know, you're, you're different, you're shiny, you're better, different perspective on everything, you know. Wow, well, Betty, I'm so glad you were able to join us today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, this, seriously, this was such a good episode, and thank you for sharing your story with our chat tribe, because I'm sure they want to know. You guys thought we were just taking a break just all willy-nilly, but yeah. <laughs> we had some real reasons. Yeah. And, um, and now we're back with the season two, so that's great. Mm -hmm. and with all new perspectives, fresh new perspectives. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to get more of the Chat and Chew show, please click the subscribe button. You're probably on YouTube right now, but if you're not subscribed, you want to go ahead and click that little bell or subscribe button and subscribe to our channel so you get the new episodes first. Also, we're on Instagram at Chat and Chew show. And so you can follow us there as well and get all of the notifications about our new episodes, as well as some of our fun little happenings going on amongst our team. So I'm glad you could join us today. And next time we'll see you. Bye. Hey. Bye. <laughs> this show was brought to you by the Chat and Chew Company. Music by Elwood Jones. Lyrics by Roxanne. Bring a Chat and Chew live event to your organization. Contact us at chatandchewshow at gmail.com.